The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Good morning, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. This Welcome. is Taman and Roxy. Roxy Soxy. And we have like one of my BFFs. Aren't we BFFs? Nicole Snooks. Snooky. Oh, me? Yeah, Snooky. hi. We're BFFs. Do you like to be called hey, Snooky girl. or is it just Nicole now? Um, yeah, I feel like the mommy side of me and like the, the stay at home mom, the me, is Nicole. Right. And then, you know, once I film Jersey Shore and I'm drunk, that's Snooky. <laughs> so do you still get drunk and feel like you're part of Jersey Shore? Is that is that is that ship sailed? Um, no, because we're still filming. So I'm actually really excited to start filming and drinking again with my roommates. But, um, yeah, it's still my job. So it's fun to be able to get drunk and be Snooky for a little bit. You know what? Where does the name Snooky come from? What is, like, the origin of that? Because it's so original and so fun. Oh, it's so stupid. So I was (laughs) trying out for the show, and they all wanted us to have nicknames. So, you know, on the application for the interview, we had to, like, write down our nicknames and what our friends called us. And only one of my friends, her name is Katie, in high school, she used to call me Snook because me and her loved um, Save the Last Dance, oh, and the right. DJ was called yep. Snook. Mm-hmm. So she just kept, so she just kept calling me Snook, Snooky, and I really didn't have a nickname growing up. It was always like Nicole or Nick. So on the application, I put Snooky, and that's and then they ran with your it. Your name from there. got so your job. Like, great. Yeah. I mean, if I knew they were going to make a big deal about it, I would have had another name. <laughs> so how did you do your hair every morning? Because that that's a lot of commitment. And where did you get your inspiration from? <laughs> oh, the poof. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's like a Jersey staple hairstyle. Okay. So, um, what was it? 2009, the show started. Um, every girl in Jersey, you would walk to the mall, you go to the beach, everyone had a poof in. So it was like the thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have such thick hair that it, it literally took me two seconds to put up. And how long did it, uh, only two seconds to put up? Because it, like, just to <laughs> get yeah. fuzzy hair to straight takes about two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. So you're a master, master at hair. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely blessed with my hair because it's just pinned straight. Like, I don't even have to blow dry it and it's always oh, straight. You're so, so, thank lucky. God. so lucky. So lucky. So when we mm-hmm. first met, you actually told me that you were adopted. Um, did you always know that you were adopted or how did you find out? And is that something that everyone knows? Are you pretty open about that? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm an open book, so everybody knows. And I always talk about it. No shame. 
Um, and my parents didn't even need to tell me I was adopted because I just knew. Like, spiritually, I knew they weren't my birth parents, but they're my parents. Um, so they never really had to, like, have the talk with me. And, you know, um, I was never upset about it. It's just my parents are my parents. Um, so and then they finally told me that my birth parents, you know, they couldn't... Um, no, they couldn't afford me. They mm. they just they couldn't do it. They wanted me to have a better life, so they put me up for adoption, which is amazing because my parents are my everything. That's amazing. You know, Snooky, my husband is adopted, and he opted mm. to not find his birth parents. Um, is that something that you also decided not to do, or is it something you're curious about? What is your take on that? I think I'm just curious to know, like, health stuff, just mm-hmm. because I don't know, and it wasn't, like, on any paperwork or medical, you know, forms. Um, just for my kids' sake, because I know nothing about, like, my medical history and my, you know, my birth parents' medical mm-hmm. history. Um, but I think I would want to meet them just to see what they look like. I don't necessarily want a relationship with them just because I'm so content with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, see what they look like. And plus, I never had brothers, brothers or sisters. My parents only adopted me. So I always wanted to, you know, have a brother or sister to grow up with. And I think my birth parents had two other kids. So I, I just want, I would just want to see what they look like. So you are very much an open book. On Instagram, you share so much about your life. You even said in an Instagram post that um, in this moment on this bed, I was so worried I was going to poop in, on my baby, <laughs> the doctor. Um, Roxy and I both have had C-sections, so we've never actually had a vaginal birth. Is this what happens? Do you actually poop the bed? And did it happen? <laughs> I mean, supposedly, because, you know, you're pushing so hard that if you ate before, you had like a big meal and you're pushing, I feel like it would come out. And my nurse told me that, you know, that's like a common thing. Like when you push, sometimes poop comes out. And she told me I didn't. But, I mean, I feel like I would smell it right away. Like, did you check? I would have checked. I would have, like, done the finger test and be like, <laughs> well, did, is it really, is she really just being nice to me and, like, not hurting my feelings? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, at that point, my baby was in my arms and I didn't even give a shit if I had right. diarrhea everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So it was really funny. In the first Instagram post you posted right after having your third child, you wrote, my feet are swollen. I'm wearing a diaper. My son just peed and shit on me twice. And my sciatica is acting up. You wrote um, in that Instagram post, which I thought was really real and really genuine and truly how you were feeling, um, which you shared right after the birth. Um, and you said, hello, postpartum. So I think that postpartum, no matter how you slice it, kind of sucks. How do you feel about postpartum? I just feel like no one really talks about it. I mean, they talk about, like, the birth or, like, being pregnant, but no one ever talks about postpartum, how you have to recover um, physically and emotionally, mentally. No one ever talks about it. So I feel like, you know, use my platform and just talk about the real deal Mm -hmm. and, you know, wearing the diapers and and, you know, your food training, status, all that shit, and um, tiredness. I mean, I feel like this pregnancy, just because I do have two kids and I have mm. so much going on, sometimes I have to question myself. Like, am I depressed right now? What right. Is or am I just me? exhausted? I just right. weird. <laughs> and it, it just, like, comes and goes. It's like waves. Yeah, so I It's not like too. I feel it constantly every single day. But, like, especially when I'm breastfeeding and I'm just, like, thinking about life. And I'm like, okay, stop being so negative. Just think about, you know exciting things like going down the shore with my family going mm-hmm. on the boat so i kind of have to like talk myself out of it yeah 
which I never had to do with my other two. Mm -hmm. So I'm questioning if I am actually experiencing postpartum depression. Well, I think it's hormones too, that no one ever like, you know, the balance of the hormones. Like for me, I'm five months postpartum and I still cry Mm -hmm. every single day and I'm not really crying about anything, but I just think that, you know, things have to take, it takes time to level out and also the lack of support Mm -hmm. that we have. It's like, I'm sure that, you know, you might have your parents or some help, but it's not the same. Like when you have one child, there's so many people who are all like in it with you. Once you have more people, just expect more children. People just expect you to get on with life. Like they don't like they're there right for the beginning of the birth. Like, Hey, like, can I make you some soup? And can I be there? And can I take the kid for like half an hour while you sleep? And then once the kid gets like two, three weeks, no one gives a fuck. You know, it's kind of like, just get on with it. And postpartum lasts about a year for everything to level out. No, yeah, I'm definitely feeling, not feeling myself at times, but, like, I have to tell myself, relax, like, we have so much to look forward to, and, Mm -hmm. you know, try and look on the bright side of things, but it's definitely stressful with three kids. What about, like, um, when with working out? Like, are you kind of, you know, antsy to kind of get back in the gym and kind of, you know, do that route? Or are you kind of just giving yourself time? Are you kind to your body or yeah. do what I do and want to cut my fat off with scissors? <laughs> no, yeah. Kind I of definitely vacuum. want to, like, take a scissor and cut everything off. <clears throat> but I'm actually excited to get back in the gym. And I think that's why, you know, I'm feeling negative sometimes because I'm a work a workoutaholic. Like, I love working out. It just it makes me feel great about myself. I love when my body's strong. I I love the endorphins it gives off. So, you know, I haven't worked out in a couple months, obviously, you know, from being pregnant and having the baby. So I was actually going to start today. And I'm such an asshole. I forgot I had three kids. I was like, all right, (laughs) how am I going to do this? I'm going to go with pop and then I'm good to go. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, where's the baby going to (laughs) go? I I can't just give the baby to anybody because he's three weeks. So I'm like, cool. Maybe you need to do a homework. start this week. Yeah. But, you know, I already forgot that I have three kids. But girl, you look really good. I just saw your Instagram. You look great. Oh, you look so good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm okay with my body, but when it comes to like wanting to be strong and fit, I'm just not there right now. So I just, I want, I want to be like chiseled up again. Yeah, I had yeah. a massage last night and at the end of the massage, she gave me like a hug and she, did she give you a happy she, ending? No, well, I wish, I wish. <laughs> at least I would have got some action. Um, but she literally got her hands around my tire of my stomach and jiggled it. And I was like, no, she... what the fuck just happened? Seriously. She like oh jiggled my, my fat and I'm oh like, my... I, I know it was like a love thing because she was seven years old and she was lovely, but like it just, it just was like, okay, I get it. I know I have a huge tire around my stomach <laughs> but you don't like get the opportunity to come and like jiggle it in front of me like she I get it I get even, the point she, she didn't even take you out to dinner before no, and she Jeez. didn't even like warn me she was just like here it is is your tire <laughs> um, oh my god I would have died I don't I didn't know that you were a wrestler is that right a wrestler yeah a professional wrestler is that true or did I just make that up in my dreams I mean, I did WrestleMania once it was like a little appearance <laughs> it was amazing but you know how to wrestle um, I mean, it's not like real, so it's kind of like you're acting and like you're, you're half-assing the moves. Yeah. Um, so it was actually pretty easy. It was so much fun, but it was awesome for me just because I did gymnastics and cheerleading, like growing up throughout my whole entire life or not my whole entire life since I was 18, 19. So it was just fun to be able to, you know, do my skills like back handsprings and cartwheels and do all these flips and tricks because no one really knew that I, you know, had those skills. So when I did WrestleMania, I like 
you know, I tore up the place. Everyone was freaking out. So what you're saying is you could beat the shit out of me is what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I mean, fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and I in a ring, I swear you'd win for sure. I mean, you're shorter than me, but I, I think I bet you could, you, no you, could, you could probably cut yeah. a bitch. You could probably cut a bitch, oh, Nicole, yeah. don't you, you think? You beat the shit out yeah. of me. You would be. <laughs> I mean, I. Yeah, I feel like if you were attacking my kids and trying to kill them, you would be dead. Mama bear. Yeah. Mama bear. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Jersey Shore, do they pay well for that show? Did everyone just make millions, bajillions of dollars like probably most people it, think? Yeah. Or do they do it more for like the fame in the beginning yeah. or to what be was, recognized and go, well, like? this could lead to other things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they didn't pay us gajillions, yeah. but I mean... You know, we we got a nice paycheck when it was like crazy. Right now, you know, we're still getting paid good, but it's not like how it used to be. Reality is not like that anymore. Um, but back in the heyday, I mean, you know, we can't. I, I can't complain about what Jersey Shore has given me. Um, but you know, aside from the money, it obviously gave us opportunities. You know, like expanding our brand mm-hmm. and doing clothes, perfumes, and all of that stuff. So. Um, you know, I'm so grateful for the show. Well, you know, the money, too. Um, you know, I know there were, there's been some money situations on the show with uh, the situation. Money situation money with situation. the situation. Why is it called the situation? Just like it's a situation. Like he's, he's just a situation. He's it's a, a si- situation. GTL, baby, yeah. right? <laughs> um, no, yeah. Well, his act. He, he always had like a crazy six pack and he calls his act situation oh it's like this yeah, is the situation, situation right now like so, this is yeah. it. you know okay. he's been in jail now for a little while have you spoken to him since he's been in jail yeah all of us have um his emails so we email him pretty much like once a week just to catch up on him and he's doing great in there we went to go visit him it literally looks like a nursing home because it's not like the jail where like murderers and rapists go it's just right. like you know it's, it's a, a nice federal jail. jail it just looks like i went to go see you know, my grandma at the nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he That's... drops the soap or no? He's not Yeah, like does that. he drop the soap in the shower? You <laughs> or think? is he just not like that? <laughs> um, well, he did say that he they shower alone. They shower separate. They do. So he, doesn't, oh. he doesn't even need to worry about that. Yeah, it's literally like not a real jail. So okay. it's a country club jail. Yeah. It's like the exactly. Soho house of jails. Soho jail. Without the bar. Well, yeah, I mean, if I wanted to get away and, like, take a break from the kids, I would probably go there. I feel like I need to do that this weekend. Just, like, have a little bit of a break. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, cool with that. Do you, ever, do you ever feel like you need a break from your kids, like, for a couple days? Or is it kind of, like, just a couple moments that you need just to take a breath? Um, It's definitely moments right now. So I have my babysitter come Monday and Thursday. And that's literally the only time I leave the baby. Um, so I'm like always with him, making sure he's okay. So Mondays and Thursdays, if you follow me on Instagram and you watch my story, I'm always jamming out in my van or I'm going shopping. I'm just out and about because I get cabin fever from always at the freaking house. So Mondays and Thursdays are my day to like get away. And getting away is like going to my store and like making sure everything's okay or going shopping, grocery shopping. What's your biggest parenting fail you feel like? Do you, and, and did something surprise you about being a mother? Like when you became a mother, did you think you'd be good at it? Um, I mean, I was hoping I would be good at it, but I was never good with kids and I was uncomfortable around babies. So I was really nervous that I was going to be the worst mother ever. But thank God for like maternal instincts because it just kicked in and I it was like I knew what I was doing all along, which was crazy. Um, but I think my biggest flaw with being a mom is my patience. I mm. really don't have patience because right. I don't want to be that mom that's always yelling at my kids. And I just feel like that's not good for them growing up, 
you know, in a household with parents just yelling all the time. Um, I think I told so you this story. Even, even me and my husband, we, mm-hmm. we just don't have patience. Yeah. I think I told you this story once about the fact when she was 10 weeks old, my first one, Phoenix, she was on the bed and I went to the bathroom and when I came back, she had completely disappeared. And I was like, where the fuck is my baby? <laughs> and she had fallen head first behind the bed with her ass in the air and her head down. <laughs> and I was like screaming. I was like, I am the worst mother. And I pulled her and she flung up and she was screaming blue murder, but I thought that I'd literally killed my baby. Or someone had abducted her in the middle of the night. Right? <laughs> While you had gone to the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, Roxy, what's your biggest fail? Oh, gosh. You know, for She's me... She's like, every day. I'm like, every single day. Every day. You know, for me, I think it's like the loss... Because I'm naturally sort of an impatient person, and I'm not... By nature, I'm not very, like reaffirming i sort of expect people to get things so that's like you stupid child get your shit together you can't spell so i think for me it's like taking a step back pausing taking a breath and just being like don't lose your shit you know like she needs time to like digest things to figure things out like because it's just it doesn't come natural to me so i think for me that's the hardest part to just be like have the patience and just like let the and also be able to let go of things right. and let things ride like right. when they're not in my control yeah. you know it's just letting things how's go. the sex life post postpartum is it is it like do you wait a specific time like for me i was getting so antsy like four weeks after i was like can you just like <laughs> lay on top of we had c-section yeah. so like i don't know what it's like to have a vaginal birth i'm sure it feels like razor blades and <laughs> also they say when you're yeah. breastfeeding mammals don't actually want to ever have sex Sex, but for me i wanted to get back into sex because for me it felt like it was grounding Mm -hmm. and i I felt very unhinged so there's especially the first few weeks so i needed to have sex like how is that with your relationship um well medically they say you have to wait like six weeks and Mm -hmm. i waited the six weeks with two of the others because i ripped this oh. one I didn't rip, probably okay. because I already had two kids, so my vagina is like huge. I guess <laughs> so. I didn't rip. It's like it easy to cut a black hole. Right now. Like down there, it doesn't feel that bad. Okay. Um, so but I you... still want to wait just in case, like you know, something happens and uh, God forbid I do rip during sex or whatever. But after you have a baby and then you have sex, it just it doesn't feel right at first. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels like you're a virgin again. It just hurts. Oh. It's uncomfortable. It I mean, it starts to feel good like after you get into the motion. But I mean, you need a lot of lube. Let's just put it that way. So yeah. put it this way. Are you marking down the calendar, like waiting for the day to come? Or are, are you, you like, dreading it? Are you dreading it? Um, I'm not dreading it and I'm not excited for it. So <laughs> kind I of in the middle. Like if it happens, what I, how I want it to happen is I want my husband to take me out to dinner because we're not being romantic you. at all. Yeah. You know, we're mm. just getting in the swing of having three kids. Right. So I want him to take me out to dinner. I want to get like horny drunk on wine and then, <laughs> and then we'll on put one. the kids to bed and then we'll go in our spare room, keep drinking wine. And that's how I want it to happen. It's funny. The first time my husband took me out on a date night, which was three to four weeks after the baby was born, we went out to dinner and I was telling him about like something exciting about the future. And he fell asleep at the fucking table, (laughs) like literally like narcolepsy that I just left him there. I just walked out. I was just like, you are the most unromantic person ever. The poor guy was so exhausted and I should have just been like nice and kind and understanding because he was up with me at night. But I was like, you hate me. Like, you don't love me. I find relationships postpartum so difficult. Do you have you guys been? Is it been easy because it's been the third time around, or are you finding it difficult as well? Um, well, he's fine, but like me, I'm very hormonal still. So like, I can't 
like any little thing he does sometimes irritates me. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. say anything, but obviously he can like, you know, tell with my attitude and the way I'm like conducting myself. I'm just like trying to stay away from him. He, he's fucking annoying me for no reason. <laughs> like it's not even his fault. I'm just annoyed. I'm bitchy. I know. So he's always asking like, what's wrong with you? Like, did I do something? What's the matter? And I just blame it on me being tired. my hormones. <laughs> But, like, he's just so irritating to me right now, and I feel bad. Oh, I know. I feel like my husband's so irritating. Just his so face, irritating. his voice. He's like, what have I done? I'm just like, you're alive. Yeah. The problem. You're breathing. Yeah. here in front of me. <laughs> so, so with all this excitement and fun after number three, are you, do you guys see yourself having more kids in the future? Or are you done? Well, I always said I wanted four. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's still up in the air. I want to see, like, how three goes right now. It's so stressful. And I feel like it's going to be stressful until the baby's like five. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I don't know. It's still up in the air. Okay. Do you have a favorite, favorite child? Yeah. Those the, are one, the that one that's just... the best, right? Yeah. I mean, my, the baby is my favorite right now, just because he's so new. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just lays there. Yeah. He just cuddle. I love Aww. when I breastfeeding is like a big thing for me. So that's like a huge moment that I love. Mm. So, I mean, I love all my kids, obviously, but is, so the moments he... I have with the baby, just because he's so brand new yeah. are my favorite. So is he a good baby? He sleeps a lot, like just chill. Yeah, he's a really good baby. All my kids are good babies. And then once they hit, like, two years old, they freak out. Yeah, they're like, They say the terrible twos and the fucking fours. Yeah. Um, Colic. Oh, no. No, I couldn't even imagine. Okay, I'm going to go back to Jersey Shore because you're shooting again right now, right? Yeah. Okay, so is there anyone that you didn't want to see again, like, that you haven't seen, that you're like, oh, fuck, I have to now spend my time with this person it's like kind of going back to school and you just didn't like that person and now you have to see them um i mean not not as of right now usually we do have those moments because you know we're like brothers and sisters we fight sometimes we don't talk for a while Mm -hmm. but um ever since we did the reunion and like getting back together we all just we're just a happy little family we love seeing each other um, you know, we all have separate lives. So once we're not filming, we don't really see each other. So we probably haven't seen each other in, um, I don't know, like eight, nine months. So we're excited to like get back in the groove and be besties again. I mean, I'm sure we're going to fight eventually, but, um, you know, not being able to see each other and then seeing each other is awesome. So was there like, I, I can imagine in this rendition of the Jersey shore, everyone's pretty paired off and like has significant others, but I can imagine the first time around, there must've been so much sex happening. Everyone like, must've been behind the everyone. scenes. <laughs> yeah. Get, was everyone just getting on it all the time? Yes. I mean, like we that were is... all banging each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was just um, as... We were all, like, in our young 20s. So, yeah. you know, going into the house, meeting each other, we basically all hooked up. And then and then we realized, okay, we're more of, like, a family, like, brother and sister. So we would just bring outsiders into the right. house and hook up. But it was literally, like, a college frat house. But I... this time around, it's probably so much more tame, yes? Because everyone's kind of got somebody else or, you know, the ones that are single, I guess, would just be, what, Polly? Is Polly the only one that's single now? I love that you know everyone's name. Polly, oh You're in it. Yeah, in it. Polly, Polly's definitely single. Vinny and Ron is like on and off. So the boys, besides Mike, are pretty uh-huh. much still the same. Like they still bring home girls. Uh-huh. They still go crazy. Um, you know, I'm still married, obviously, with Gianni. Yeah. Dina has Chris. And then um, Jenny's newly divorced, but she's... Oh. Um, she already has a man. I so love the girls are like Jenny. out. I okay. love Jenny, also known as Jay Wow. Mm-hmm. You guys are BFFs, right? Since you were very young. What is the craziest yeah. thing you've ever done together? 
Um, or a crazy thing that you've done together. I mean, I just feel like the show in general, mm-hmm. you know, just drinking, going crazy, um, especially our trips to L.A., where we go together and we just go out and get wasted with, like, other celebrities. We're just, we're assholes. Do you, do you have a favorite place in L.A. that you really love? Um, I love going to dinner at Boa. It's mm-hmm. just so good. And I love the drinks. So I love the atmosphere, how it's, like, really dark, but it's, like, outside and cozy. So I every time I go to L.A., I end up... Um, eating at Boa. So Jenny just came out with the fact that her, well, just a little bit ago, that her son has autism. That must Mm -hmm. have been something so difficult for her to deal with. And also her friends must have galvanized around her for support because, you know, that's something that's really hard. Like, how did you feel seeing your friend have to go through something like that? Well, you know, I I was there for Grayson's birth and, you Mm -hmm. know, throughout him growing up, he's two now. So, um, you know, we have a show called Moms with Attitude, Mm -hmm. which we're not filming right now. But, you know, the kids would be there and we would do like crafts to kids and everything. And Grayson, um, he he was turning two. And I'm like, Jenny, maybe you should like go to, you know, a speech therapist or something because he's still not speaking just to like, you know, help him out or see what's going on. Um, Because she knew something was wrong, but like she just wrote it off as like, oh, he's a late bloomer. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I had to talk with her like, listen, like, you know, Lorenzo had some speech issues. I had to bring him to a speech therapist, Um, you know, just to make sure like, you know, he knows words and he can learn how to speak because, you know, kids are delayed sometimes. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So she ended up doing that. And then, you know, like 20 tests later, she um, realized he he was on the spectrum. Oh, gosh. What was, like, the takeaway of that experience for you? What would you like other people to kind of know about that? And how do you support your friend, like, a friend through something like that? What are the things to say and not to say? Because I would always worry that maybe I would put my foot in it, or you just want to be supportive. No, yeah, she has been amazing, honestly. She's the strongest woman I know. So mm-hmm. anything or any obstacles that come at her, she's she's just always killing it no matter what. So um, she's always been a strong mom. She's never really needed support or anything. I mean, obviously, you know, be there for her and tell her I can help out in any way. But, I mean, she's always been just a G with handling everything. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's just she's happy that now she knows. She knows how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ever since he has been diagnosed, He's been going to all these classes and therapy, and he has thrived so mm-hmm. much. He probably, um, I feel like he's almost like 90, 90% better than mm-hmm. before Great. when he was going to classes. He speaks now. He knows his colors. He counts. So um, he's doing amazing with his therapy. Good. And what would you want other people to know out there that might not, um, you know, might be in the same situation? I mean, just go get checked out. I mean, no yeah. matter what. Even even if it's something small that you're worried about, it's okay to go to the doctor and figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like people just kind of write it off and be like, oh, it's nothing. You know, it's going to be fine. And then eventually it's not fine. And then, you know, I feel like it's just too late to try and correct it quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you ever like, you know, if you're second guessing something, always, always go see somebody. 
Yeah. I'm second guessing doing this podcast with Roxy. Just kidding. Oh, I love you. You, <laughs> oh, you bitch. Okay. Um, going a little more political, in the era of Me Too, does that affect the way that you raise your sons? Because now you have two sons. Like, what do you want to teach them so that they don't fall into this whole this whole era of Me Too? Um, well, I always I always wanted to raise my kids the way I was raised. And in an Italian family, very respectable, always have manners, always treat um, people the way you want it to be treated. Just in general, I want to keep that going with my family. Um, so, you know, I want my kids to be respectful. I want Lorenzo mm-hmm. to, to know boundaries when it comes, you know, to women, obviously, but always be respectful. Um, and I just, I don't want my kids to be assholes. I don't want them to grow up and bullies or be dicks to people they just Mm. they they need to be sweethearts they need to understand that other people have feelings and i I swear Mm. to god if my kid's a bully i'm I'm gonna kill him (laughs) is it is it a challenge because you're such a public person and you have this whole kind of like celebrity life to kind of separate them out of that you know with all the press and like all the media attention is that hard for you or is it kind of like just a natural separation um yeah, I mean, I I always question myself, like, how much should I share of my kids? Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every, it's going to be in the public. Everyone's going to know. And I ended up stopping okay. for a little bit just because, you know, people on the Internet are assholes and everyone's a mom shamer. Everyone mm-hmm. could do things mm-hmm. better. And they just, like, give you this unwanted advice that I just couldn't stand. So I stopped, I stopped sharing um, the kids. But then I'm like, fuck it. They, they can't ruin what you know, my life and like what I want to share with my fans and everything. Mm -hmm. So I just ended up posting right away. um, The kids again, but people could be assholes on the internet. And, you know, I want my babies to always be protected and be like in this little bubble. But at the same time, like, they're just so amazing little creatures and I want to share them. And do you worry it'll ever, has an Instagram? Do you worry <laughs> it'll ever come back to bite you in a way? I feel this way too, because they maybe didn't want those images out of them when they get older. Do you ever think that they might you might regret putting images of them out? I yeah, feel will you this ask all the them, time. Yeah, once they get older and just be like, you know, do you want me to post this of you or not? That kind of a thing. Well, yeah, now they're they're six and four, so mm-hmm. my kids do have a voice now so i i ended up asking my daughter i was like can i make a little instagram of you you know mm-hmm. where it's just your page you could post whatever you want like cheerleading or your animals but we could post it for everyone to see and she loves it mm-hmm. so you know i made her an instagram my son i asked the same thing he goes no mom i hate pictures and videos i don't want anyone to see me so he's done oh, so okay. everyone's always like how come you post so much of your daughter and not your son my son is like my husband he hates uh, the limelight same. he hates people like he just it's not his thing my daughter she's like me she loves sharing everything so nice. um you know it's nice for them to be able to tell me what they want and don't want so would you let them go on a reality show like the jersey shore if they wanted to. I mean, to. no, I want them to be better than me. No. <laughs> it's so degrading and stupid. So you feel like it's degrading. Uh, but I mean, if they yeah. really wanted to do a reality show, of course I would support them. But, you know, I'm like any other mom. I want them to be so much better than what I am. If you feel like it was degrading, did it did it affect your sense of self then and affect your self-esteem? Or are you do you look past it now and just think, well, this is a good opportunity that can ultimately help me and my family financially um, and help me being an entrepreneur as well? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was already a degenerate at that time, so mm-hmm. I knew 
I knew somewhere or another I was going to get famous off being drunk. I just knew it in my soul. So I was like, this is my moment because I tried out for real world. I didn't get it. Okay. And I was like, I'm just such, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm amazing when I'm drunk. I, I, everyone needs to see this. So I already knew what I was getting myself into. And at that point, I didn't care because I was 21. And I wasn't thinking about, like, you know, my future kids or my future family. I was just, like, living in the moment. And I was like, everyone's going to know I'm the funnest party girl ever. What was and mm-hmm. I mean, it paid off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally paid off. What was your first like big ticket purchase? Like when you first started making money on the Jersey Shore, what was like the first big thing that you ever bought? Uh, I bought my parents um, BMWs, which was huge for us because we would like drive like 25 year old Hondas. So that was awesome. So I bought myself, my and my mom, a BMW, and then I bought my dad a new truck. So the cars was kind of like the first purchase. Oh, so you took care of your family. That's really nice. Did it feel like a lot of money came in so fast, too? Or was it something that was kind of a build? Like, did you, like, when I was 15 years old, I was on a TV show, and that first check, I didn't really know what to do with myself, so I just kind of bought, like, 10 pairs of sunglasses (laughs) because it happened so fast. Did you feel like the money came in so fast, and then did you invest and know what to do with it? Or did you feel like you were just like, fuck it, I'm rich now, I'm going to spend on whatever I want? Um, well, it didn't come that quick, but I mean, a thousand dollars an episode, it oh, was wow. crazy for me. So I was like, yes. So it started out there. And mm-hmm. then, um, you know, once it started to get big bucks, my dad eventually, um, took over and he was investing in like, you know, stocks and putting it here and putting it there. So I basically just let my dad handle everything because I was so immature and so dumb and so oblivious to the world and mm-hmm. like what you do with money right. that I just let my parents take over. So you were just getting paid a thousand dollars an episode when the show first started? Because they well, when it first started, we didn't get anything just because they didn't know what it was going to be. Okay. And it was basically, it was basically just, um, you know, for me, it was a free shore house and free booze for the summer. Yeah. So that's why I love it. But then yeah. you know, once, oh my once they wanted season two and season three, that's uh-huh. when the checks started to build up. Uh-huh. That's like a form of abuse. Like you can't work people and not pay them. I think that that's just absolutely ridiculous. And, and it speaks to this business, the entertainment business. Yeah. Um, but obviously when it became more successful, you got more and more money. And so did you buy a house from obviously the Jersey Shore? Um, yeah, eventually. I mean, once you know, once I had Lorenzo and I knew me and Gianni were getting married, um, I ended up buying a house because we lived in his parents' basement for a while just because, like, I didn't give a shit. And I was making all this money and, you know, I didn't need a house. I was so content with, like, being around his family and just mm-hmm. staying humble. And, uh, you know, I just I, I loved being able to just say I lived in his parents' basement because it was just so convenient <laughs> at the time. But then, Are you having sex you know, in the basement? Started having kids, I was like, okay, I need a house. Yeah, how, did you have sexy times in that basement? Like, how did you? How did you guys like, how do did that? You, and how did you keep? Quiet? Oh yeah, <laughs> it, that basement. All the siblings went through it because Gianni, um, you know, he has an Italian family. <clears throat> so once once the sibling graduated high school and they were in college, they would move down in the basement and they would find a wife. They would live down there for, you know, a couple months and they would buy the house. So it was kind of like a family tradition for the Lavelle. That's what you do. So we were the last one. So we ended up moving down just like everyone else. And, yeah, we had sex there, and I—that's where I made Lorenzo. Oh, oh my Lord. God, that's a boomer room. Do you remember, how, boom, you remember boom, boom, boom. how you made him? 
Because I remember when I had my daughter, it was literally in the one position. I was like, this is the baby making position. <laughs> yeah. And then I put my feet upside down against the wall. Uh-huh. And my husband shook me for about 10 minutes off the bed. And that's how my daughter was conceived. So like, I know exactly how it happened. Do you know like, the exact moment? Um, I feel like it was just like a drunken sex night because we weren't <laughs> trying. And I didn't even think I was going to like... I didn't think I was going to marry this guy. We were just dating for like a year. You know, I loved him, but I didn't know what I wanted for the future. And I wasn't trying. And I was 24 years old. I definitely didn't want to have kids yet. So I just feel like it was just a drunken night coming home from the club. And then I missed my period. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, 24 is young, baby. So were you, when you found out you were pregnant, were you like, oh, my God? Or was it like, oh, my God, I'm so excited? Like, what was the reaction? It was excitement, which uh-huh. is weird for me because I wasn't planning it. Um, I was a little bummed that like the partying life would be over yeah. because I wasn't ready. <laughs> totally. But I was wasn't really, really over to become a mom. Don't you drink a little more being a mom? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't drinking time start yeah. a little it, well, earlier in the day? You just don't drink as much. <laughs> like you don't drink past like two to three. I don't drink past two ish because then like I don't, don't want to fall asleep when the baby's crying. But you still kind of drink as a mom, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm having my first girls' night tomorrow night. And it's oh, not even like a crazy girls' night, but okay. I'm, I'm going to dinner at a nice Italian restaurant. I'm drinking wine. I drink wine when I go down the shore on the weekend. So I'm, I'm still drinking. Yeah. It's just like now I have to like drink and then kind of sober up to make sure my kids are alive and then drink again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, do you do pump and yeah, dump? Yeah, I was going to say pump and dump. Pump and dump? Pump and dump? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of myths with pumping and dumping. Like, yeah. it doesn't even do anything. And, I, I just read all this shit, and my doctor tells me things. But I, I pump and dump, yeah, every it's, time I drink, even if it doesn't work, just it, to, like, know that, like, I'm a good mom and I'm not right. trying to get my kid drunk. It's so, funny because you're actually supposed to breastfeed your baby while you're drinking your first glass of wine because it takes about an hour for it actually to get into your system. Exactly. Right. But like, yeah, I, but I don't want to look trashy. It's all about the appearance. It's all about the mom shamers. Um, but it's funny because I once, like, pumped to actually give the milk to my baby about two and a half hours after I had one and a half glasses, and the milk was green. So I was like, Eh, I don't really think that that's good for her. Yeah, it could, so, yeah. could be sleepy milk. Yeah, exactly. It makes her sleep better. It makes her sleep through the night, right? Right. <laughs> but no, there is there's such a big thing about mom shamers. What I don't understand is why people shame other mothers when we all are going through the same thing together. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking hard. You know, do you feel like people, especially because of your background, shame you even more because of sort of what you what you were and now how much you've changed maybe people still have the same perception that it, you are still that 24 year old um in the beginning when i had lorenzo mm-hmm. yeah but now that i have three kids and like if you follow me you know my kids are my life and that's all, all right. i talk about it's all i post so I, I don't really see it now i mean there's a couple of people that don't have kids that shame me and trying to give me advice when they obviously know have no idea about how to raise a child. Um, So I don't see it as much really, but I mean, it's out there and it sucks and people are assholes, but you you just, you can't read into that. I would imagine, you know, being in the limelight, like as you have, and now with the kids, you really have to grow a thick skin. So Mm -hmm. how do you deal with like the shamers and the haters? Do you let it get to you or do you just say, fuck you? Like they're unhappy with themselves. Yeah. How do you deal with it? Well, I always tell people getting bullied in high school is a good thing because when you go into the real world and you realize that bullying is still an issue, you already have tough skin because you dealt with it your whole life. So I was definitely bullied in high school with girls being mean, being assholes. Um, So that kind of gave me a thick skin to where now, you know, if a stranger says something to me, I'm like, all right, relax, fuck off. 
Tamman, were you bullied in high school? Oh my gosh, I was 200 pounds and I was uh -huh. 14 years old and I was severely bullied and I still think it affects me to this day. But I but I had this epiphany a couple of years ago, this quote that I'd made up saying that uh, unhappiness is the fastest pipeline to hate. And I, I truly believe that. I feel like when people are unhappy, they hate you. It, mm -hmm. is, it has so much to do with who they are as with a person yeah. than what you are to them and what you what you represent makes them feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. So that to me has always been my biggest thing is it never about you, it's about them. You know, Mean Girls is such a culture too, mm -hmm. like in school. and It's, it's hard just, raising daughters it's too. It's really hard raising daughters. Right. It's really and hard. And it affects them also yeah. with like self-esteem and also yeah. eating disorders. Thank you, Snooks. Snooky, Nicole, whatever you want to be called. Now you're back on Jersey Shore. It's going to be Snooky, but I know you as Nicole. Uh, we love you so much. We're so excited for your new show. Thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for talking to us. And we are the women, women on top. top. We love you. Yes, Bye. we love you. Love Thank you, you baby. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.